It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 38. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. The Golden Gopher football team opened Big Ten play with a convincing road win at number 21 Michigan State last Saturday. Minnesota's now 4-0 on the season and has homecoming against Purdue this weekend. The Gophers are near the top of several major offensive and defensive categories in the national stats. We have another great podcast to get a behind-the-scenes look at Gopher football. We'll also get some outside perspective as well. First, we'll talk with Gopher punter Mark Crawford from Australia. He's only had to punt three times in four games so far, getting most of his on-field activity by holding for extra points and field goals. He has a great personality and a great Aussie accent. I know you'll enjoy my conversation with Mark here on episode number 38. From there, we're going to get the Purdue scouting report from longtime college football insider Tom Deanhart, who for years covered the sport for the Sporting News and the Big Ten Network and has now settled nicely into covering the Boilermakers for goldenblack.com, the rival's website covering Purdue sports. Tom has his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker football, and he'll tell us what to watch for this Saturday in Minneapolis. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions, alumni owned. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our thanks to Brian Slipka. He leads their group in serving and giving. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Like the Gophers, Affinity Plus is fundamentally sound with preparation, focus, and follow-through. We're glad to be affiliated with Affinity Plus, a local Minnesota credit union providing all of your banking needs, including a top-ranked mobile app. And talk about community involvement, they have that as well, including great work with Special Olympics Minnesota and being a top supporter of Gopher Athletics. They sponsor our player profile segment within our podcast, which includes our upcoming feature with Gopher punter Mark Crawford. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen for free at any time. You can also go back and listen to our previous podcast, including last week's show, where we talked with Gopher offensive lineman Quinn Carroll and BTN's Brandon Godden. This week, it's more Gopher football talk on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 38. Gopher punter Mark Crawford is our guest. Here's our conversation. It's episode 38, the Go Gopher podcast, and we are really excited to welcome to the show Mark Crawford, Golden Gopher punter, Perth, Australia. Halfway around the world, here you are in the Twin Cities, year three on campus, right? Year three. Year three. Good to see you. Yep. Great to see you. I love the Australian accent, the New Zealand accent. Of course, volleyball coach Hugh McCutcheon has been a guest on yep. on a number of interviews, and you know I could just sit back and listen to him. My running joke when we're out on the speaking circuit with him, we go on these coaches' caravans, and so I introduce him, and he'll talk. And then when I'm done, for he's been here now ten years, I'll always say. And for those that want to continue to listen to Hugh, he'll be reading the phone book after the after the ceremony or after the the, the uh, event, and people. 
always get a kick out of that. So uh, I won't use that. I won't say Mark Crawford's going to If you need me to, I'm more than happy to read the phone book for the rest of the podcast. People would listen. It's always good. Um, When you go around campus and then people hear you talk for the first time, what do they immediately identify it as Australian or do they ask where you're from? What's what's the usual response? That's that's a good question. It's it's sort of a mixed bag, I suppose, at times. Um, I I think that the most common is initially, is is that British? Yeah. <laughs> no, mate, it's uh, close, but it's yeah. the, the that other side of the world. It's not the other side of the Northern Hemisphere, but the other side of the world. So, um, yeah, New Zealand uh, is a pretty common one as well. Is it New Zealand or Australia? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my dad was born in New Zealand, so maybe that's got something to do with it. He's a little but, hereditary there, right? Yeah, yeah, but he definitely sounds Australian. Yeah. He definitely sounds Australian. <laughs> and they're so. pretty close, right? Those yeah. Two, those yeah. two accents yeah. are, are, are kind of, uh, you know, almost alike, I guess. Like for us, Minnesotans, it would be, we, we couldn't tell. Maybe an Australian could tell if it's a New Zealand accent, absolutely yeah uh, compared yeah, to yeah. be like it has, here. Its, it has its words where they sound nearly identical yeah sure. and and probably like somebody from Australia might not be able to detect that's a Minnesota accent and and I can tell if somebody's from say like where actually we're produced from the opponent like there's a southern there's a definite southern Indiana accent it, yeah. it's not all the way south yeah. right it's not like it, that guy's from Alabama yeah but you can tell it's Indiana and it's different than Minnesota but maybe somebody from London or Perth might not be able to detect yeah I mean there's a there's it seems to be hundreds of different accents in America. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love for, it for sure. Um, well, I gotta ask. We're gonna talk about the season and all of that, but I mm. think the, the you know the story. There's you probably have just a you know amazing amount of stories to tell. How did you end up at the University of Minnesota as the punter? Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's obviously a pretty common question, but right. one that I'm never never angry to answer. So. Um, Basically, I, I played cricket for a long time after, you know, through high school and yep. and, and, and post high school uh, for a little bit. And cricket, that's more like baseball. Yes, football, absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 There's nearly no correlation between cricket and football besides sport. That's right. the correlation is that it's a, a sport. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I suppose I, I played Australian rules football growing up, which is very different sport to anything here. Um, and I suppose we pumped the ball in that game, that, that would be like a pass or yep. and a shot for goal and whatever, I suppose. And uh, you just sort of grow up playing it. Um, and I played that until I finished high school. Um, but then, yeah, played cricket for, you know, a couple of years after that and then sort of stopped playing cricket. And then that, that I guess I just wanted, I was thinking about, oh, you know, I should start studying, whatever. And I sort of floated around a little bit. I worked at my old school and then um, – you know, coached a little bit of cricket, a little bit of Australian rules football and things like that. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like, look, I need to change my life up a little bit. I want to go and study. Like I haven't studied yet. I, I want to go and study. And at this um, point, how old are you then? I'm probably 24 when I was gotcha. at this point. Wow. Yeah. So so you played cricket just as a hobby or was it uh, it, like a I minor league? I tried to go as professionally or, yeah. as I could, okay. I suppose. So um, I was fortunate to be in a few squads sort of growing up and things like yep. that, but that sort of finished when I was about 19, 20. Um, and then I played for, you know, a year or two just sort of at an amateur level, but it was still – I was still striving to go to that next yep. – that, that next level, I suppose. And then um, basically, yeah, when that wrapped up and then I sort of figured that I wanted to study again, I said, look, I'm going to move to Melbourne. I'm going to give it a crack just – get out of home, get out of Perth, you know, experience something different, different culture. Um, I mean, Australia is very similar overall, but a different, yeah. different part of the world, I suppose. And then, uh, look, one thing led to another and one of my friends said, hey, you should try this program out. You know, they they try and get guys over to college to play, you know, American football. Um, and I said, look, 
what difference does another six months make? I'll give it six months. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then I'll just start studying in Melbourne. Otherwise, you know, I'll get, I'll get cracking, uh, elsewhere. And anyway, so went down, had a punt and <laughs> they literally said, well, yeah, I reckon we can get your school. I reckon we can get your school. I said, sure. All right. Well, tell me what to do. And I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. And, uh, yeah, practiced for, you know, three or four times a week, but literally within about three or four weeks, they said, do you like the cold? I said, how bad can it be? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> There's n- n- no issues with that. And then, uh, they said, would you like to go to Minnesota? I said, let's go. And locked and loaded. And that was it. That was, that was the recruiting process. That was it. Holy cow. Yeah. I just, uh, knew from that point on that I was sort of destined to head to Minnesota in January of 2020. And Went from there. So Australian rules football. So you you went from playing that at high school, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of kicking, a lot of accurate. That's probably where yes. you get the accuracy yeah, of the punting yep. and that kind of thing. Yep. But other than that, it's not much like American football. No. Ball's no. a little bigger, right? And yeah. I, I like the what, yeah, what, what are the score. What's the, the score? The goal called? umpires. Yeah. Yep. And what, but yep. that's not a touchdown. What do they call it's, it? It's just a goal. A goal. So gotcha. the goal would be six points, and then you've actually got – uh, what they call a behind or a point. Yeah. So you get a, you get points for missing as well, which which is kind of strange. <laughs> like imagine if you hit the upright as a field goal, as a like a place kicker, and you get a point for that. Yeah. But if you put it through, you get three. Three. It'd yeah. be kind of like some, something similar to that, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. But you did. It was so you went years then without punting or kicking or doing anything, and then all of a sudden, and so you must have been pretty good at it when you were playing. I mean, I mean, partially. I, I, I wasn't necessarily in any special squads sort of growing yeah. up playing Australian rules football, but I went and coached like yeah. in because it was a winter sport. Cricket was a summer sport, so I went and coached in the winter and I would coach at junior level and basically for fun, we'd just kick as far as we can. Yeah. And so I, I guess I stayed, you know, in tune with sure. with, with how, to, how to punt, I suppose, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, three st- catch a snap, three-step kick it was yeah. you know just run around with it and then yeah. try and kick it as far as you can so and, and that has been kind of a trend i'd say for sure over the last 10 years i forget when some of the you know the running punts and the different formations and and things so you you go to this school um uh, this ki- academy. Pun- academy academy this yeah, punting yeah, yeah. academy Pro kick australia yeah. and all of a sudden it's like there's yeah this guy's got a leg on him he can mm-hmm. kick it far he can kick it accurate minnesota's a, a fit and yeah. now here you are yeah yeah. What, what was your impression of – so I'm sure there's differences in terms of colleges and different things. So now you're enrolled, you're yep. you're doing school. I mean, the deep end at this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah the sure. uh, the snow falls. Yep. And now what? Yep. <laughs> you're like, what the heck? Yeah, there, there's, look, there's definitely a part of me that was thinking – you know, I'd seen snow before, but I'd never lived in the yeah. snow. Um, so that was certainly – a bit of a change, you know, making sure that I had to not fall over on the way to class or on the way to football. Um, you know, the sun getting up at about 8 a.m., going down at 4, 4.30. I was thinking, wow, this is it's brisk out here yeah. when it's, you know, 10 Fahrenheit, which is, you know, whatever it is in Celsius. I still yeah. don't know. Once it gets below 32, I'm like, all right, it's cold. Yeah, it's freezing. Um, Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, I sort of just came with the mentality just to immerse myself in it. I said, you know, it – this is so foreign to me that the only option is to enjoy it. And I've heard, like, that's what I, I think Coach Fleck has talked about it. Some of your teammates have talked about it, that that has been apparent to them that you have just embraced everything about this. It looks like you've enjoyed yourself. Um, and that's accurate then. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things where, I mean, everyone sort of tells you, you know, you, you'll enjoy it. Like, you'll have fun, whatever. But it, there's, there's a certain aspect, especially some of the younger Australians that come over when, you know, if they're 19, 20 to move halfway across the world and then not have pretty much any, like, I didn't know anyone in Minnesota. Right. The first guy I ever met was the guy that picked me up from the airport 
in January, January 17, 2020 or whatever it was. And then, <laughs> then I met Coach Wanger, then I met Coach Fleck, and it was it was quite a roller coaster. But, you know, the whole philosophy was like, I'm here for it. Let's go. Like, let's let, let's let, roll. Yeah. yeah that, and and you, you're right. You're, you were a little older than the traditional freshman mm-hmm. student, so that probably helped just from a maturity standpoint. And, like, you know, here we are. Let, let's do this. Now you're, what, 28? 28. 28. Yep. You're a junior. Yep. Um, what's that like, kind of being like the old guy on campus and the old guy on the team, or did you not even really pay attention to that part of it? I guess because I mean, if I'm uh, looking at you, I can't. I mean, you just look like well, a college I, I, guy, right? I always say that you know I look like I'm 23, 24 because yeah. I'm at college. But yeah. then you put me in a crowd of 30 year olds, I'll look 30 as That's well. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess it's just the environment that I've been placed in. But um, I was actually just in a class, and they would a few of them found out that I was 28 and they all started having a bit of a laugh. You know, they're like, wow, you must be like 23, 24. I said, oh, I'm 28. And they're yeah. like, wow, 28. There's a few drawers dropped and things like that, which was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I, I've had no issues sort of immersing myself in it. Growing up playing cricket, I was fortunate enough to play in squads where that, that was classified as like a seniors mm-hmm. from about the age of 13. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd always been around various age groups, whereas college is very specific to, you know, between sort of 17 and 23. But yeah, there's yeah. this. I mean, sure, there's semantics that some of the 18 year olds are talking about. I'm like, mate, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about that just yet. You know, that that is something that you are going to look back on and think that is that is not. Something Why to worry did I worry about, about that? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so you can impart a little wisdom on those. Yeah, youngsters. I like to yeah, think so. Yeah, right. Either that, or I just I just I just bully <laughs> them about it a little bit. But they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty good about it. Yeah. Are there some uh, ways that they energize you too to see uh, oh, 100%, this, this young 100%. you know these young guys? I mean, because you think about it, some of them are, might be 10 years younger than you. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get that. I'm I'm over 50, but just being around the team. Uh, um, every day is is an energizing thing. It keeps you feeling young, even though you know inside you're not. Now you're not, you know, fifty like I am. But yeah. um, but I would think if you're 28 and there's some 18 year olds and you know it's it it, it can uh, get you it, some juice. Yeah, I think it's sometimes the you know the mentality of we have practice, they have school, then we get dinner or whatever, and then they go, all right, do you want to you know. Do we want to go get another meal, or do, do you want to like do do we want to go to the Mall of America or something? I'm like, buddy, let's just hang out. I just want to lie down for a little bit. Uh, you guys can do that. Just just do the right thing, and it's all good. So, yeah. um, but at the same time, in in the morning, obviously being a little bit older now. I'm sort of more accustomed to waking up in the morning a little bit. So I sort of bring a bit of juice and I like, I like getting in, involved with some of the young guys yeah. and saying, Hey, wake up. Like it's time to go. It's fine. It's 6am. Let's roll. Let's go. So, and you know, they give me a dirty look and I'm like, what are you, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you right. actually going to do about it? So, That's true. Good point. Now, did you have, I mean, obviously you'd have to learn American rules for football. Did you have any idea what American football was? I mean, did you follow it enough to know like, Hey, I'm going to, pin them inside the 20 or I need to hang one higher? Was this all new when you got to the academy? The uh, I guess the intricacies of punting was certainly a part of it. We knew that you had to get more hang time, yep. but I, I'd watched enough football. I mean, my, my dad and I, we, we loved watching you know, American football through the, the, the timing of the games is awkward. So it was always like Thursday night, Monday, uh, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night football were the ones that we'd watch because it was mid morning sure. the, the following day. Um, but I was fortunate enough. The first first ever game I watched was twenty, I think twenty thirteen Super Bowl. Seahawks beat Broncos, yeah. and I was a Seahawk from that moment on. And then I travelled to America in twenty fifteen, and I watched the Jets play the Pats at MetLife, out in New York, New Jersey, yes, yeah, New yeah. Jersey, yeah. And and the Jets won, and I was thinking this team just knocked off the greatest player to play this game, and it was it was it was funny because I, I mean I didn't really know what was going on. I knew that Brady was a good player. He was 
he's still, you know, he was pretty much a household name back home as well. Yeah. But I was just blown away. I was like, this is this game is awesome. Wouldn't it be cool to go play that game one day? And look, three years later, I ended up, you know, practicing to to to, to arrive, and <laughs> now I'm living the dream. It's amazing. It really is amazing. What's your area of study? What are you uh, What are you interested in? Psychology. 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 Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, year three now, junior. Um, loving it. Yeah. Loving it. It's good. It's good fun. I mean, uh, as I said, I, I would have studied regardless of if I came here or not. And it was the, the, the plan was to study psychology. Um, but certainly interested in, you know, a corporate sort of industrial organizational side of things. Um, but it's, it's been fascinating learning again yeah. on some level. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkable story. Now, there's a lot of Australian guys. Now, I think almost every Big Ten team has a punter, right, from Australia, it seems. Um, I know Illinois had one. Mm-hmm. Well, they Blake, still do. Blake still do. Hayes. Was, Blake was he Hayes, Australian? yeah. He yeah. was a five-year starter there. Yeah. He was awesome. And then Iowa's got Tory Taylor, yep. and he's yep. had, you know, he gets all the publicity because they punt 100 times a game. Yeah, you never exactly, get to yeah. punt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We have, we all, I, mean, I actually sent him, ironically, I sent him a message yesterday saying, can you please stop stealing Special Teams Player of the Week award off me yeah because yeah. you know I, I i held six times yesterday i think it's my turn yeah. to, to win the award you're like yeah. uh, the former gopher punter pete mortel have you met pete yes yeah yep. so he yep. of course invented holder the holder of the, of the year yep. so that can be one of your goals one of the right? heroes were you one of the finalists yeah. last year no i was not so this has got to be yeah, your year got to be better on yeah 10 holds in one yeah, game exactly right? i mean yep. between touchdowns yep. and pats yep. um so how well do you know some of those did you guys all kind of go to that one academy then yeah so Tory Taylor is, I would say, he's probably my my best friend over in the states. Yep. Um, I speak to him, you know, if it's not daily, it'd be it'd be on some sort of weekly basis for sure. Um, and then I, I did know Blake. Um, he's obviously moved on from from Illinois now, but Hugh Robertson's there. He's older than me. I'm almost certain is he's he older really? than me. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's good fun. So I think um, Blake was he like 30 maybe. No, nah, Blake was pretty young. He was younger. Yeah, okay. but I think Blake was only 24, 25 when gotcha. he when he wrapped up. So, okay. um, but he's still over here. He's still playing. Um, on, on, on at some capacity, so um, but yeah, Adam Corsack at Rutgers. Uh, Jack I didn't Hans. know he was Australian, yeah, because that yep. was the Ponapalooza last week, yeah. Iowa and Rutgers, right? Yes. With those yeah. two guys, the thunder from down under, as they said, <laughs> or something like that, yeah, yeah. Um, and Jack Ansel this week for Purdue, um, Australian. so I get to get to see Jack, uh, again this year, which would be which be good fun. This it's a crazy so. How much, um, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but how much fun would you have? If the Gophers can beat the Hawkeyes and we get Floyd to Rosedale, and then you have the right to uh, talk some trash to uh, to Tory Taylor, what your best friend here? Yeah, that would be that would be pretty special. Yeah. That would be pretty special. But he's a great character in general. Like he never said anything to me about it. Um, so he when, hasn't when talked much trash your last way? couple of years. Yeah. Um, no, he's he, he's pretty. I mean. I, he he would dish out every now and then, but yeah. as everyone should, it's just competitive at that Sport, point. Beauty of the rivalry. So, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'll have to send him at least one message saying yeah. like, "Do you like my new uh, <laughs> my new accessory?" And it'll just be a trophy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, we, we, we have Purdue this week. We mate, so Purdue, that's all I'm thinking the about. The Purdue yep. one game championship yep, season, as you, as you well know. Um, so as you um, now have, uh, you know, do you feel like you're almost stealing scholarship money, not punting very much? No, I'm just teasing. Three punts in four games. That's pretty yeah, good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if if that's your life, that can be your life. Yeah. I mean, that was the that was the first zero punt game I, I'd ever had on the weekend. So, yeah. um, I mean, I've got to stay warm pretty much the whole time because anytime yeah. there's a third down, we've got to be ready. So, sure. Um, but, you know, I, I sort of always joke about it. Obviously, I love to punt. Like, like yeah. I, punting is awesome and, and give me the ball at any time. But my favorite four plays would be PAT field goal. Yep. Because it means that we've just scored a touchdown, so I'm out there as a holder. Field goal, 
because it means reasonable field position, probably, you know, almost definitely going to put on some points. And then third would be a fake punt. And then fourth is is punting. So it's yeah. my least favorite play that I'm involved in, but it's the thing I love to do. Yeah, because you hold um, and you also obviously punt. And so mm. the holding aspect of it. Now, um, have I don't have, have you run a fake punt yet? Have we not, got that? not not with me behind the uh, behind the snap. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. right. Maybe yeah. if the right time comes. You Absolutely. never know. That'd be yeah. fun too. You always got to have. Something uh, do you have a good arm? Can you throw too? I can throw like a rugby like a rugby pass. I mean, I like to think I can throw, yeah. but I'm sure the coaches think otherwise. Sometimes they'll have it's something figured out if it if it comes to that for yeah. sure. So now it's funny because holding is one of those deals that everyone takes for granted, right? I mentioned. I mean, I wasn't joking. I wasn't exaggerating. You had ten holds. I was at the. Uh, uh, Western, Western Illinois, Illinois. game had 10 holds, yeah. right? Between PATs and sure. and field goals. Um, and was it six or seven in, in the uh, first game? And mm-hmm. obviously the other night, five against Michigan State. So there is, I mean, no one pays attention to the holder until mm-hmm. there's a flub snap or sure, until, yeah. you know, um, you can't. Some, you something know, goes wrong. Something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, people take it for granted. And it's, and it's, I remember talking to Casey O'Brien, um, you know, who probably has the most famous hold in school history just because of his, his story and all that yeah. stuff. And it was one of my favorite moments of my time doing games on the radio was, was that game out at Rutgers where he got some holds. And then the week next week or the week, Two weeks after, I can't remember exactly the Maryland. He got some holds at, at home. Yep. And I know you guys crossed over one yep. year, yep, for um, you, yep. and so yep. you know we know Casey's story. So that was great. So you take it for granted till then. But I remember talking to Casey. I think I can't remember the exact number, but he estimated that up until the point he actually held in a game in practice, he it was something like he figured he probably practiced three million reps maybe over the course of time because it's probably more like four yeah, four million yeah. you know all, you know because you think about how many times and for you now because drag on Kessage yeah um man that guy's got a leg too right yeah. I mean I watch him yeah. in fall camp and I'm like yeah. the Gophers have two pretty darn good kickers That's it. here absolutely and I mean Matthew can take it out to fifty and yeah. um and I think the coaches are comfortable with whoever kicks and obviously obviously Matthew is is getting the job done but if you know if all of a sudden you need a sixty three yard field goal maybe that's the guy right and I thought maybe for a second at Michigan State PJ was thinking yeah, about just it full half time right before maybe. half yeah, but yeah, then yep, yep, probably yep. and if it was a different score but I think you don't want to I think you play that, the percentage right? you, 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 you gotta yeah, do what yep, you gotta yep. do but that said so my point is um, that there's two good kickers but one's a lefty and one's a righty which yeah. is a totally different angle to hold so yeah. you're practicing both I assume right yes yeah yeah absolutely um I mean, I didn't really do much hold work before I got here. There's a, you do a little bit back home, yeah. Um, but not all the Australians come over and hold. Like this is Tori Taylor's third year as well, but this is his first year holding. So I didn't hold in 2020, um, and then we had last year I was a holder, and this year again. Um, but I, I guess I came into it just trying to learn as much as I could, as quickly and effectively as I could, and it just happened to be that we had a left and a righty, so I just equaled the the you know, the yeah. workload and all of a sudden I could do it for both. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. I love holding for, for both of those guys. Um, you know, tricks, one of the, the all time professionals in, uh, in, a, in our team for sure. And Dragan's got the, the booming energy and the, yeah. and the booming legs. So, and he's now got his, his, uh, video stuff that he puts out with these, uh, uh, Ken Vignettes. with Kessich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah yep, he, what yep. a personality. Yeah. Right? He's, he is something I live with the guy. So yeah, he's awesome on all fronts and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's that's, fun too. The special absolutely. teamers kind of have that special bond. Like, for example, when I was growing up, so as you know, I'm way older than you. You're old, but I'm real old. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Though. The yeah. the the, um, the holders were always the backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, because coaches, I think, thought if we want to run a fake, we want a guy that can throw. Yeah. And then at some point, I'm going to say 20 or so years ago, coaches said the backup quarterback needs to still 
be on the scout team or do reps. Yeah. And special teams needs to practice more often. And to do that, they need to be by themselves. Yeah. I, right? I guess we just practice at different times. Yeah. Like sort of pre-practice, we get most of our work in. Um, and then so it goes like the, the, the quarterback's obviously in the meeting. They're, right. they're still meeting. They're yeah. still preparing for practice. And then they've got to come out and they've got to warm up themselves. Yep. Whereas we're still, you know, doing our thing. And then we get sort of almost shut down during practice apart from the specific periods that we have. So I think it just makes sense. And yeah. we're, we're always together. We have, there's a good chemistry there and, and, and it does become, hand. you know, I, I mean, over the years, all all you guys over the years, whether it's holding, punting, place kicking, um, it's just been a special group of, of players over the years. And if I start naming them, I'm uh, then I'll forget and people will get mad at me because I've liked them all. So I'll just say that group in general all the way up through uh, is fun. But I think part of it is, as you mentioned, you spend so much time together now. So instead of that backup quarterback going over and practicing with special teams, I think the coaches have said, look, they need their practice time. Let's have the punter be the holder because they're together all the time. Yeah. And yeah. we're always sort of available. We're doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So, so there you yeah. are. All right. So how take us through a practice, for example. You mentioned like during actual practice, mm-hmm. you guys are you know watching. Even I see on the sidelines sometimes you'll practice, you know, yeah. doing some snaps or, or some kick into a – you yeah, might punt into a net work. or yeah, what yeah, have yeah. you. But give us a, an average day. Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. We tape, we're taping right now on a Tuesday. So tomorrow's yeah. Wednesday. What does Mark Crawford's Wednesday look like? Well, Wednesday for me is – Far more shut down compared to the Tuesday. So, oh, well, let's take us through yeah, what today yeah. was then. Yeah, yeah today. Uh, so we had meetings at you know team meeting, special teams meeting that wrapped up about eight fifteen, eight thirty. Yeah, eight fifteen, eight thirty a.m. Um, and then we had a quick uh, position group meeting, just the specialists, Coach Wanger, um, and and things like that. And then we went out there just put around nine o'clock this morning, and we we go out. We've well recently we've been going outside to uh, accustomed to the conditions, whatever. This morning was a little bit cooler as well, which is always yeah. nice. Um, and, you know, script some pre-practice punts that, you know, prepare us for game situations. Um, so probably punted, you know, between 10 and 20 times, um, live reps, et cetera, and then uh, make our way back inside. The, the kickers, we, we do the, you know, the field goal stuff. Um, and then practice sort of begins and we're sort of on the sideline until – the period where it's field goal period. So today we went field goal period and then straight into punt. So we were we were front heavy for sure. Yeah, so, you went going, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they sort of scattered it. Coach Flex sort of scatters, scatters it out to three or four periods between special teams reps. Um, so we're, it, I kind of like it because it's like a game. You know, you, I'll, I'll punt a couple of times and then all of a sudden I won't do much for you know, 20, 30 minutes and then I'm expected to perform at the, the level required again. So um, that's how it sort of operates on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday we don't have punt. So we we don't do or pre-practice again, but yeah. then during practice, it's there's there's different emphases on different parts of special teams. So um, every now and then we, we, we or I'll get some punt work in, but normally it's uh, warm up, do the pre-game script sort of thing like that, and then. Uh, pre-practice script, and then I'll sort of shut it down for a little bit. Yeah, and then during any at any point, and I don't know if it's scripted, um, bonsai comes yeah. up. So tell our listeners what bonsai is. Bonsai is basically just a situation where you know it's before the end of a half or before the end of the game. Uh, you're down by a field goal or less, and you've probably got no timeout. We've definitely got no timeouts, but you might have one. But then it evaporates before we get down there. Um, and you know we're in field goal range. The clock's sort of running down. Um, anything, you know, we say the magic number is about sixteen seconds to to be from the sideline out there to to put it through. But um, basically, it's just on air. You just got to go with the flow and and be aware of the clock and you know the 
the other externals that go with it and make sure everyone's set and then and flash then kick three and then get the get the game winning field goal yeah. or the uh the kick before halftime. Wow. So and so basically I don't know like I said if it's scripted, but the practices I've been to all of a sudden because PJ's mic'd and their speakers, mm-hmm. he'll just yell bonsai. Yeah. Like it might be in the middle of practice yeah. sometimes. Yeah, a bit of pandemonium. And, then, and everyone has to good. then and he starts counting it down. Ten, nine, yep. eight, and then everyone, yep. you're the holder, the center. Um I mean there might be guys doing drills on the other end of the yep. field and if he's the left guard on on field, field goal, goal, he's, he's got a sprint down yeah, there yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. get all set and he's counting it down and Matthew Trickett kicks it up and yep. and that pro is good and, it's and good. then all of a sudden we're away yeah yeah, yeah. That, and that, then it's weird because then after that it's like good work yeah you're off yeah you're off. <laughs> okay cool. go rest for another yeah. 20 yeah. minutes or yeah, whatever exactly um and the music is um queen right pressure that 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 that, that, yep. that they play that yep. um emmett carpenter uh one time former gopher place kicker one of our all-time favorites told me that if um that that uh and and he hit a lot of kick. He was kicker of the year in the Big yeah, Ten one year. Yeah. Um, says when that song comes on the radio, he still gets like uh, some butterflies going. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. that song's been ruined for him. He can't just sit back and yeah, enjoy it because you, you feel you that just lock in yes, and you're already ready to, to yeah. run out. Well, I there. think the the punt one is highway to the danger zone. So, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Just because you know, obviously, not all punts are, are the same. Um, and it could always end in a different outcome. So um, it is sort of like the highway zone. It's high impact. It's yeah. high velocity. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's awesome. It's crazy. Crazy yeah. indeed. So um, coming from Australia, the Australian rules kind of, you mentioned a punt is more like a forward pass, right? So you you grew up working on accuracy mm-hmm. off the foot, more so than maybe some kid growing up here in Minneapolis playing high school football where it's only distance. I mean, there's yeah. some directional kicking, but yeah. how many different punts would you say you maybe now have in your arsenal that that uh, Coach Wenger can can maybe call upon in a game? And without giving That's, too much away. Yeah, no, you know? uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coach Wenger is the ultimate mastermind on special teams. He's yeah. he unbelievable. Um but uh, in, t- in terms of different styles of kicks, I-, I guess, you know, there's there's probably more than half a dozen, I'd say closer to a dozen right. um, of just different style of either ball flight, you know, the way I move into the ball, the direction after the movement itself and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I actually haven't sat down and thought about it, so maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll get back to you. That'd on be a good one, well. yeah. Because you know, even in a game, I'll watch, and sometimes it's just—it's um, not often because I do think they want hang time and yeah. make the guy catch. Like if you were just given the green light, you'd probably average sixty yards a punt. But that's not <laughs> in doing that. There's the danger that the guy's going to have so much more room to yeah. return because you outkick yeah. the coverage, as they say. Yeah. Um, but you've got you know, hang it up high, or sometimes you'll take it and you'll run right, and yeah. then you know, line drive one down there to yeah. keep it away from a guy or end over in to mm-hmm. be like a golf shot, right? Yeah. Bounce at the five and bounce yeah. back. And then you and Phil Howard had that thing yeah, going last year. It, yeah. it was like pitch and catch, right? Yeah. It was yep. amazing. That had yep. to be almost, you yeah, know, a couple we, times a game sometimes. Yeah, there was there was two or three times in one game that I certainly remember, but I, I think we we did that close to 10 times over the course of the season. Yeah. yeah. And so that, I'm sure that's right, calling upon your Australian rules where you've got to be accurate. Yeah, so, that, you know, that's, that's if you're at the 40, the you want to kick it 37 yeah. yards and yeah. and uh, drop it in there. And you haven't had any, uh, up to this point, you haven't had any opportunity really to do much. I know you've gotten a couple inside the 20, but, yeah. um, you know, when the time comes, I'm sure that that's still a part of the arsenal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're always pretty switched on with that sort of stuff and make sure that we got the get the reps in for any sort of situation that arises. Um and yeah, sky punts are always are always good. There's a lot of guys that get all cranky about them because it ruins their average. But yeah. 
I am not remotely worried about numbers. I'm just whatever the team wants. Like I am all for that. So whatever helps the team, right? Absolutely, yeah. big time. Um, from, from, and then from that angle, um, how long did it take you once you got here to kind of dial in on um, just to the comfort level of okay, I, I get it. Here's the routine. Um, and now also just generally, like, okay, the Big Ten, okay, Iowa's arrival, we hate mm-hmm. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. okay, Purdue's coming mm-hmm. into town, homecoming's important, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. stuff that probably, you know, and if you grow up in Australia, it's not something you probably have thought about yeah. before, right? Yeah, no, it, it's certainly not, in terms of the rivalries, I had to research yeah. that sort of stuff before I got here to truly understand, because um, I really only got about, you know, a season, the 2019 season where I was actively following Minnesota um, in, in that aspect. And, you know, people always say, you know, we, we have to beat Wisconsin, we have to beat Iowa, but I'm I'm very much, I always say like, oh, you know, this team's all right. But then I, when yeah. it's game week, I think, oh, I really want to beat this team. <laughs> like I, I, I want to beat this team more than anyone I've ever wanted to beat before in my life. Yeah. And then, you know, that game's done and then all of a sudden there's next week and I'm, I'm thinking – you know, I think I don't like this team more than the other team yeah. that we just played. So. so you're a competitive guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just from that cricket background growing up, uh, just, you know, Australian just, rules football? Just hate losing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're ready each week, whoever it is, to yeah. to do your damage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Purdue's gonna be Purdue's gonna be a ripper. We can't we can't wait. Is um, how much fun is it too to see your team? Even if you have to, you know, watch mm-hmm. uh, again, you're going to be called upon. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to probably go. Uh, I mean, great, it'd be great if you if you punt only you know once a game for the rest of the year, we're in pretty good shape, yeah, right? Yeah. So that'd be fine. But uh, you know, assuming that you, you get called upon, just in general though, to watch uh, the success so far, um, and again, it's each week is the championship game season. I get yeah, that, but totally. there also has to be a second to step back and say we're four zero ranked in the top 25 it's been a really good start I mean how much fun has that part of it been yeah I mean winning is always fun absolutely but the thing that I like about you know the situation that we're in at the moment is is the team itself and how they sort of conduct themselves and the professionalism on offense and defense you know there's a few older guys there um and every time we go out, it's sort of one of those things where you think, I've got to do it for my teammate. Like, I'm doing it for my teammate. I'm doing it not just for me, not just for, you know, the the coach, whatever, but it's also for the guy that runs out next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing that hits closest to home, absolutely, when we're out on the field. Like, even during practice, I was thinking, you know, Derek the captain always looks back at me and says, you good? It's like, yep. And I'm thinking, geez, this ball's got to be good for Derek. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's play a, for each other, right? Yeah, it's a strange sort of... Uh, Sort of, sort of feeling, but it's definitely for each other. Yeah, Mike Brown Stevens, a receiver today, was talking about that. That um, he was so happy when other guys caught touchdowns last week. Yeah. Um, that he he goes, I think I was more happy that they caught it than if I would have. And so when you start playing in that style, um, it changes the whole complexion of of the goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, as we talked about before, I, I didn't punt last yeah. game, and I was I was on <laughs> cloud nine. I was, and I love to punt, so yeah. it was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the seeing other guys perform and 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 do what do what they can for for the better of the team is is definitely something that you know we strive to as, as a group as a as a team um, to you know succeed yeah. absolutely. Um, you mentioned the um, the practice and the different things. Is there like I know in baseball, let's say you know uh, you can only throw so much before your arm gets sore. Um, you know, weightlifting, you got it. Is that is that true with the leg too? Do you have to maintain it? Can you punt a hundred times a day, or do you have to limit it, or do you have to take a day of rest? How does that work, if at all? Yeah, rest is certainly uh, certainly required at, at various stages of the week. But I think punting is probably the least. 
damaging to the body compared to field goal kicking and kickoff for sure. I mean, kickoff, you, you, you're hitting that thing at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Field goal is a little bit more rotation through the body. So you definitely have to monitor yourself. Whereas punt is one of those things where if I start getting tired, you know, you hit a couple of bad balls or you hit a few balls and you're like, that could be better. And you think, hold on, I've just hit 40 balls. I need to, I need to just stop for the day, yeah. like wrap it up. Cause you that, don't want muscle memory to kick in at that point. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to, I mean, cause on game day, it's it's very different. You just want to be conditioned to be warm the whole day. You don't want to be conditioned to punting yeah. fifty thousand times. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the drop, right? That's as mm-hmm. key as anything, right? I, I yeah. have some friends who have been punters now, American punters, not not what you do, but they have told me that the drop of the ball uh, is as important as because you got the skill, the fundamentals. Yeah. So yeah. if the the drop is a little off, the punt may be a little off. Yeah, sometimes obviously you can certainly save it through the rest of your technique yeah. falling into place, but. That's it's, it's sort of it basically starts with the steps and the drop really. Yeah. I mean that they're, they're the two big ones, and the rest will sort of has a gr- much greater chance of, of following through. The once coordination of you it get all that right, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this to make fun of him, but your buddy, I would I remember watching the Gophers. We we're at um, at Nebraska in the COVID year, yeah. And we beat Nebraska, and then I think Iowa is playing uh, Wisconsin. Okay. And so we're driving back because we, you know, nobody could travel. Yeah, so yeah, we're driving right, yeah. back, and I'm watching. I wasn't driving, so we had the game on our on the cell phone, and uh, the snap went to Tory mm-hmm. Taylor, your buddy at Iowa, and Iowa ended up winning the game, which is neither here nor there. But he dropped the punt, or yep. he dropped the snap, Muffet, which yep. which is always, I'm sure, the biggest yep. fear, right? Yep. And he did. I don't know if he didn't know the rule or whatever, but he then just kicked, kicked it, it off the which becomes a fumble. Right, yeah. and so yeah. uh, and so Wisconsin up getting great field position. It didn't cost Iowa, but yeah. I wonder too from a rule standpoint and those things. Like I suppose in Australian rules, that's fine. Yeah, that, right? that plays. You just kick. Yep. All so good. instinctively, I'm sure he he booted it. So yeah. those things you probably got to get a handle on too, right? Yeah, Coach Wenger <laughs> and 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 Coach Fleck they hammer the 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 smaller details. So we're all over that. I know. If Tori's ever out here listening to that, I definitely wouldn't have done that, buddy. But <laughs> it looked good. It looked good in the moment, for sure. You know, a bit of a laugh, whatever. Yeah. But if you lost that game, man. Yeah. But, it, it, I remember it for whatever reason. I'm like, I, I wonder if that he didn't know, the, you know, because yeah. he just dropped it and he just punted I, it. I'm pretty it bounced sure. up and he, and he got a great kick out yeah, of it. Right? Yeah. He landed it. Yards. Yeah. I'm pretty know? sure it was snowing or it, it was. was. It was, it was bad weather. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a part of me that doesn't, that can't blame him for it. But yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, I've been, I've been trained, yeah. trained well, not not to uh, not to do that. Yeah, and and let's hope that it never that it never happens. It's always a smooth snap and always yeah. a smooth drop and a smooth punt. That's um, it. So cricket is, as I mentioned, is close to baseball. Mm-hmm. Have you played baseball? I played t-ball growing up. Is that right? Okay. Yep. yep. Before we got into before we got into cricket, but outside of that, no, nah, that was it. That was it. That was it. So. Um, but some of the skills must cross over. You have a good arm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I like to think so. But so I'm, I'm, I'm sure trying, baseball is my thing. I I'm trying to 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 get to the point of: Do you think you could play baseball for the Gophers at some point? I mean, football's always going to be the priority. There, yeah, but I mean, I think it would be cool to go out and just have a throw and yeah. see what it's like. Just just see because what, yeah. what's a cricket ball size? It's, it's nearly the exact same size. It is okay, and pretty much the same weight. It's it's yeah. it's a different sort of the way it's stitched is different. Okay, um, and you use the same ball for pretty much every rep or every pitch equivalent. Gotcha. Like we, we say, you know, every every ball you bowl. Yeah. And in baseball, you know, you're pretty much using a, a brand new ball. But in cricket, you have to take care of the ball and make sure that the newer it is, the better it is because the harder it is, the more it moves through the air and yeah. things like that. And uh, But the pitch in cricket is with a straight arm. 
So you need a big, you need to run into it and then. Yeah, that weird yes, overhand windmill yeah, almost, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you'd have to adjust that, I suppose. But and I mean, could in, the you field, in the field in cricket, you throw it. You so, throw it, yeah, normal. Yeah. I'm and sure it, I couldn't throw a, a laser from left field to, to home. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not at that level, but <laughs> you should get out sometime. They, you know, they they're out there. Obviously, out of season. Yeah, you know, in the spring, you know, yeah. just walk over, grab a glove, and see see yeah. how it goes. See where it, see where it takes. We'll you talk absolutely. to John Anderson, the head coach, about that, and see if the uh, the Gopher punter can't be part of it. I got to read a quick commercial here because we want to thank our friends at Affinity Plus. It's your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, that is one of the ways you are eligible to join this financial. It wants to build a meaningful meaningful banking relationship and put you first meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide all over the state that includes right here just off of campus on university just up the road from the stadium to learn more or to find another way to connect go to affinityplus.org dash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by ncua uh i've gone way over what i told you but you've been so compelling i, I can i ask you a couple more quick absolutely ones i want to ask you about australia um everyone everyone talks about gosh some I want to go to Australia, right? Yeah. So you're from Perth, but you trained in Melbourne. I'm sure yep. you've been over, you, you, you have traveled the world, so to speak. <laughs> um, so if somebody, like I've not been to Australia, and that's one of the spots on the bucket list someday I'd like to go. So tell me about it, because it, I'm sure there, it's such a large mass of, of land that there's different areas that have different things to offer. So give us give us the Mark Crawford Travel Agency uh, guide here. What should we do if we have a couple weeks sometime and we're going to go visit the land down under? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Melbourne, I, I think I prefer Melbourne as the, the premier city besides where I grew up in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd probably still be living in Melbourne if I didn't get the opportunity to, to come here. Um, but, you know, Melbourne is Australia's home of sport. So tennis, Australian football, cricket, um, rugby, they're, they're all sort of big and involved there. I mean, if you, if you like horse racing and things like that, that that's, that's massive over there. So um, that's certainly one place that I would soak up if you're a, if you're a sports lover, obviously. Um, Sydney, no one really complains about Sydney. I've only been yeah. about twice, I think. Um, but, you know, that's got the Opera House, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, all the – Bondi Beach, all, all the things that, you know, tourists would want to see for sure. Yeah. And and water, right? Yeah, water. Yeah. water. I mean, yeah. all the major cities are, are across uh, the coast. Yeah. They're, they're on the coast. So um, Perth's a little bit further away. Perth is, I think it's something besides like Hawaii, I believe. Perth is the most isolated city in the world. Really? So it's about a 28-hour drive to the nearest major city. Is that right? From Perth, wow. yeah. So, so you're so, flying into that if you're visiting. Uh, depends on where you go. So, we, we, <laughs> funnily enough, Perth has direct flights to Europe. Yeah. But not from like Sydney and Melbourne don't. But Sydney and Melbourne have direct flights to America. So, I have to go my trip here in January 2020, Perth to Sydney, which is about four, four and a half hours of a flight. Of a flight, yeah. Sydney to Dallas, which was about 16, 16 and a half. And then Dallas to Minneapolis, which is, you know, one and a half, two hours. Yeah. So it's a lot of flying. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a lot. But so it, the best question is when you went to spring break and they say, "What are you going to do? You're going to go home for a couple of days, like, buddy?" <laughs> takes me, take takes the whole me two days to get home. I'm just going <laughs> to. I think I'm just going to take it easy here for a little bit. But yeah, d- the East Coast is awesome. Um, obviously, if you have a month, you, you can certainly get out to yeah. Adelaide and, and and west to to Perth. Um, but it's all it's all pretty good. So you're having fun here. How how do you get homesick? How much do you miss it at times? You get to stay in touch with family and friends, FaceTime and that stuff. Yeah, I mean the the way the world's connected now, it's 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 pretty easy. But I'm actually an only child, so I've sort of 
been conditioned to being alone sometimes. So um, the great debate was, you know, do I go home over COVID? Um, Elected to stay here, which fortunately I I believe was the was the right decision at the time. Um, But yeah, certainly live by myself. I didn't think I saw a teammate for three or four weeks at one point. Man, Um, but you know, no regrets there. It's been it's been awesome, and you know. I don't want to leave. I know I'm only halfway, <laughs> but I, I don't want to. I don't want well, to go it's been fun watching. I am. I'm hoping that you only hold this weekend as well. Is that, that okay? If I hope that, that you can, you can absolutely hope that <laughs> the leg will be ready if if need be. But yeah, absolutely. Holding holding is uh, the number one attraction. If on the field if the right only there. punting I get to see you do is in pregame warmups, that's that's good. So be it. Yeah. So yeah. be it. This has been fun, man. I, can we have you back? We'll, we'll talk 100%. some more at some time. Yeah, same time next week? Yeah, same time yeah. next Same channel as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, appreciate it, man. And have a, it's been fun watching you guys. It's just been such a ball. Let's, uh, let's get another win this weekend. Sounds good. All right. He's Mark Crawford. It's episode 38. That's the man with the big right leg. Gopher punter Mark Crawford on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 38. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I did being a part of it. Our thanks to Mark and our thanks to Affinity Plus for sponsoring our Gopher player profile on the Go Gopher podcast. We'll continue our football discussion with Tom Deanhart from goldenblack.com. It's a Scott and Report on Purdue. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900. Or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers. We continue with episode number 38, the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm. Mike Grimm with you, and we want to get a, a Purdue Boilermaker Scott and Report. No one better to uh, get that Scott and Report than college football insider Tom Deanhart working with goldandblack.com, the rivals uh, site that covers Purdue athletics. And Tom, of course, a long time worked with the Sporting News and the Big Ten Network. And I think you and I, Tom, first met back when uh, when I was covering uh, Cardinals baseball and the Missouri Tigers down in St. Louis, and you were working for the Sporting News, and uh, it's been fun to catch up every now and then ever since. Exactly, Mike. I know time goes by quickly, doesn't it? You're one of the famous KMOX alums. I've always uh, loved following your career from afar. Pretty neat what you've been able to cultivate, Mike. And I always love, again, seeing you and speaking with you. And I look forward to seeing you this weekend, too. Yeah, I remember you used to come on my show on KMOX and we talked some college football. And uh, <laughs> here we are all these years later. We're talking gophers and boilermakers. We love the Big Ten. And I think we are in for a pretty good game this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, it's, you know, Purdue's got a tall task. You know, Minnesota, I think, has become the the, the hot team in the Big Ten West, the 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 the, the, the I guess the the the, the cool pick uh, to maybe rise up and win that division this year, Mike. It looks like it's wide open, and again, uh, Wisconsin looks like it's sort of a work in progress. Who knows what Iowa has? Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue. I mean, they all have their issues, but Minnesota's really hitting on all cylinders right now. So, 
going to be a tall task for Purdue to try to get a win up there in Dinkytown, I think. Yeah, a couple of things right off the bat. As we are talking here, this is Monday afternoon. Some people may be listening to this podcast later on in the week, so there might be new news. Uh, so I want to make sure that we preface it to know that we're not giving you dated news. But as we talk, uh, this is what we know. And I guess my question is, what do you know on the quarterback, uh, Aiden O'Connell, uh, who missed last week that game against Florida Atlantic? What, uh, do, do you expect that he'll play here in Minneapolis? You know, if, if, if I were to make a guess, I would say yes. Now, we had Jeff Brom at his, his press conference. He met the media on Monday, and uh, we obviously asked Coach Brom about that. And he's, he was noncommittal, as you would suspect. Maybe yeah. a bit of games gamesmanship, Mike. Um, uh, just like last week, I think we're going to dr- – this is going to dribble all through the week and just be a game-time decision, if you will. News will probably break sometime, maybe Saturday morning. Um, I, but again, I guess I'm, I'm leaning toward maybe we are going to see Aiden O'Connell because I'll be, I'll, I'll be frank with you. If he doesn't play, I don't think Purdue has a chance to win the, that ball game up there. Um, it's believed that he has a rib injury, Mike. Yep. Coach Brom hasn't said that. We've asked him. Doesn't want to reveal it. He suffered it in the first quarter of the Syracuse game on September 17th. He finished that game, played very well. Purdue lost a tough one at the end. Um, again, uh, he sat out this last week and, uh, he, he, you know, he, the one thing he does, Mike, is he makes that offense go. He can throw the ball vertically down the field. Um, Austin Burton, who got to start Saturday against Florida Atlantic. He can't do that. It's a very pedestrian offense. It's a much different offense. So again, um, stay tuned. But if, if I, if I was guessing right now, I'd lean toward maybe seeing Aiden O'Connell on Saturday. Yeah, I would think that, and I also uh, don't blame uh, the Purdue coaching staff for not letting anybody know, right? I mean, that there's no need at this point to, uh, I mean, if they know, they know, and there's no need to uh, to do anything in terms of making anything public. I know, I think P.J. Fleck Monday said that he um, that they're preparing as if uh, O'Connell will play and, and also preparing for, of course, the, the other guys that might uh, be playing as well. Um, let, let's talk about this Purdue team. I, I liked them in the offseason. I, I, some people were talking about them as a dark horse candidate to win the West, and I thought that that's that's not enough. They're more to me than a dark horse. I think they can be right in the thick of it without... It shouldn't be a surprise if they end up winning. That's the what I thought. They played Penn State ranked 11th now. They played them very tough. Probably, I think some Boiler fans probably think probably should have won that game. Uh, stubbed their toe late, as you mentioned, against Syracuse, and then had to sweat one out last week. So give me an assessment here of your Boilermaker uh, football team through four games. Yeah, you, you, I think you did a pretty good job there, but you're right. I think Purdue fans and even the staff, even the players, anybody surrounded when surrounding this program believes they let Penn State off the hook and they let Syracuse off the hook too. Um, Penn State scored a swing touchdown with 57 seconds to go. Of course, Syracuse scored with seven seconds to go. Um, both games, Mike, Purdue had the ball with the lead, but they could not believe the clock. They couldn't get first downs. They couldn't add to their score. They had to punt the ball back in each game, and, and it proved to be disastrous. The defense finally gave in. So just a tough beginning, and I'll be honest with you, a disappointing beginning. I think most people thought this team would be at least 3-1 and one coming out of September, maybe 4-0, and oh, and they're sitting at 2-2 two and two right now. And, Mike, they face what I think is probably make or break October. Yeah. Three of the four games are on the road. You know, go to Minnesota, then they got to go to Maryland, and you come home for Nebraska, and then you go to Wisconsin. So, 
you see what Purdue's up against here, and when we've talked a little bit about the injuries, you know, Aiden O'Connell's not the only guy. Purdue's been playing without his best defensive player for three games now, Jalen Graham, who's sort of a safety linebacker. He's de- dealing with a fractured tibia, and I, I wouldn't think you're going to see him on Saturday. I think it'd be a real surprise if he plays on Saturday. Purdue certainly could use him trying to slow down that offense, but I think they're probably going to have to go another game without Again, their best defensive player, Jalen Graham. What uh, what do you think will be the way that they can get back to kind of playing the way that they have played? They finished the year so strong last year, got nine wins, won the bowl game. Um, and, and like Minnesota, maybe a bit more favorable schedule in the crossover, which is why I thought they were more – I mean, I think they're good. But in addition, I think they had a schedule benefit, maybe like the Gophers do, and that you avoid you know Michigan and Ohio State. And like it or not, that that's a factor. Iowa won it last year, the without having to play either of those teams or Michigan State, who was an 11-win team last year. And so that plays a role. And both Minnesota and Purdue are in a situation where they don't have to face those teams. And I think that makes this weekend even more exciting. And I also think uh, you know that the Boilers can flip their season if they can come in here and, and uh, pull off an upset. Oh, it'd be huge if they could. You're exactly right. It would be a, an elixir to what ails Purdue from a confidence standpoint, from a swagger, from a mojo standpoint. And you're right, we get them right back on track because everything's still a possibility. We all know there's eight Big Ten games left. You're only on one, right? So there's plenty of runway left to still really have a nice season. And, yeah, a win up there in Minnesota would be huge given how well the Gophers are playing. to be one of the bigger upsets of the weekend if Purdue's able to pull it off. So, yeah, again, a tall task. Um, uh, again, a Purdue team that, you know, really has struggled to get leads in the first half. They're not scoring many points, and, and they're really putting their defense in a bind where they almost have to be perfect at the end. And, uh, again, it, it's really been a, a bind for, 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 for the program overall. And, again, injury-wise, Mike, uh, last week it was devastating. They didn't have one of their cornerbacks, which yeah. really hurt them bad. They didn't have one of their starting offensive tackles, which was a big problem. And they played the last two weeks without the number one running back, King DeRue. And in addition, they have an Aiden O'Connell out. So, again, it's, it's been – a uh, a real mess with the injuries for Purdue so far, Mike, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, too. They've had some problems this last month with penalties. It really was disastrous at Syracuse. They had 13 against Penn State. They had nine. They've had issues with missed tackling as well. So there's been a long list of things for the staff to try to work on so far. Is that something with that that you think you can shore? I mean, obviously, health-wise, you just hope you get healthy. And um, and and it seems like every year Purdue has to battle it. I, I remember when we were out there maybe a couple years ago, um, I think, was it Bell? And, and um, then the quarterback's name's escaping me now. They got oh, yeah. hurt on, like, back-to-back <laughs> plays and... Um, and you know, it just it's just been one of those deals over the years. And then and then, can is that something you think they can clean up quickly? The penalties get get things back in order, or is that a is that a longer task to try to uh, get more discipline out of that group? Yeah, that was 2019. You guys went 38 to 31, and Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Sindelar, Moore yeah, Rondell they Moore. That's right. They, they suffered season-ending injuries on the same play. Yeah, and that's the day. That's the day Tanner Morgan was like 21 to 22 passing for almost 400 yards. One of the greatest passing performances by any quarterback in Rossi Stadium history. So, yeah, just another great effort by the Gophers against Purdue that day. But, you know, Mike, they, they said they've done all they can with the penalties. Going into last week, they really stressed it. They showed the players every penalty they'd committed up to that point. Last week, I think they had five penalties against Florida Atlantic, but they did have one costly personal foul late hit in the fourth quarter that extended a drive and allowed Florida Atlantic to score. So, 
that's the kind of stuff that's killed Purdue. So um, you, you do what you can, you stress what you can. And again, they have focused on trying to get the penalty stuff cleaned up because, again, it was just an utter fiasco in that Syracuse game at the end. They scored the go-ahead touchdown. They had two personal foul penalties on the PAT. Right, and the head coach, too, had, right? Yeah, the head coach got when They had to kick off from their 10-yard line. It was just uh, it was just an embarrassment in a lot of ways, and, and just a tough way to let that game get away from you up there. Um, I wanted to ask you about Charlie Jones. You know, you talk about Rondell Moore. That yeah, I said Bell, but it was Moore. You're right. Now that you you refresh my memory, I'm getting old, Tom. I can't remember. Stuff I am too. Year, but <laughs> yes, it was Rondell Moore and Sindelar back to back, and then Bell ended up having a great year and obviously had just a wonderful career. But he also over the years had had some injury issues, so it seems Purdue uh, can't can't shake that injury bug. But my uh, mm-hmm. my question. Now, in relation to you know those two really good receivers, obviously the Brom offense is, is uh, you know is good for receivers. Part of why Charlie Jones, I'm sure, left Iowa to go to Purdue. But man, uh, did I don't know? Maybe you did. I didn't think you know. I knew Charlie Jones was good. He killed the Gophers last year down in Iowa City with a couple of big catches and a punt return and different things. But uh, to see what he's doing, holy cow! What a year! What a revelation! Where would Purdue be without Charlie Jones, number fifteen? I mean. Nobody anticipated him having this type of an impact where he's leading the country in receptions. He's tied for the national lead in touchdown catches. I think he's number three in receiving yards. He gets targeted double-digit times per game. You know, we're four games in, Mike, and I keep waiting for somebody to sort of shut him down. <laughs> and it really hasn't happened yet. Maybe Minnesota will have a some type of a kryptonite to try to slow down Charlie Jones because he's been awfully special. He really has an impact on his return, man. You know, he was the Big Ten return man of the year last season. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, Mike, we talked to Jeff Brown about this, too, and even Charlie, he, he's really valuable on offense, and a lot of times he's kind of, he's just worn out. Yeah. And uh, really hasn't had an impact. And, but, again, why why even risk it if I'm Purdue? I mean, he's so valuable to you uh, catching the ball in your offense. And, you know, one um, shortcoming so far, and we keep waiting for this to happen, is that still there's no number two receivers really stepped up to be a yin Charlie uh, Charlie Jones's Yang, if you will. Um, one of the best receivers, Brock Thompson's missed almost the entire year with a knee issue. Maybe you'll see him Saturday. I don't know, but he'd be nice if they had him. You know, guys like TJ Sheffield and Deion Burks, Mershon Rice. There's nobody that's really stepped up to be a compliment to, to Charlie Jones. He's still done really well despite that. And honestly, Mike, probably the best guy beyond Charlie Jones when it comes to catching passages are tight end Payne Durham. He's a load Mackey Award nominee. Uh, keep your eye on number 87 because if Purdue's going to win, he's going to probably have to have a big game. Uh, you know, it's interesting, too, I think, Tom, in, in uh, college football, you see these weird things happen, like, you know, Kansas State at home as a 17-point favorite, loses to, to Lane, and everyone thinks, man, you know, what's going on? they off to a good start. We thought they might have something going, and now they're going to go get smoked in Norman because, that you know, that everyone loses there, and then they go out and dominate. I mean, really, they were in control of that game really the whole time, Adrian Martinez. Martinez has a the game of his life, and um, and so college football is fun that way. And then when you think about uh, it, it, kind of this circle of of stuff, Purdue um, for whatever reason has not been able to solve the Minnesota issue the last few years. I think the Gophers won four straight uh, overall, and then six in a row in Minneapolis. As you mentioned, they hadn't won in Huntington Bank, but Minnesota cannot beat Iowa for for to save its life for six straight years, and Purdue can't lose to Iowa. So it's a, just uh, that's the beauty of college football. Right, it's 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 crazy when you think about uh, all the different things happening each week. 
Yeah, just when you think you got it figured out, you watch games the next weekend, you're, you're rubbing your eyes and scratching your head. So, yeah, that that's what makes it fun. That's why we love it, I think, is the unpredictability. 18 to 22-year-olds, the emotion of the sport. So, yeah, that's uh, it keeps us on our toes and makes it fresh every Saturday. I just love it. And you're right. It's it's weird out how some teams have a whammy over others, and, 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 and you can't figure out how to beat other teams. And and for Purdue, boy, Minnesota's been a real issue, Mike. And it's been a it's been a series filled with some strange happenings of late. <laughs> we talked about the Sinlar and, and Moore getting hurt on this suffering season ending injuries on yeah. the same play. And 2017, the first time Brom and Fleck meet in Ross Aid, there was a lightning a thunder delay that, that that caused that game to be delayed for a while. Purdue won late on a pick six. You guys had that game one, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Juwan right. Bentley ran back up at intercepting for a TD. Of course, 2020, up there is still a sore spot with Purdue fans. Payne Durham, the tight end I talked about, was called for what Purdue fans like to think was a phantom offensive passing interference call that wiped a TD off total, the board late. Total, total push-off, Tom. Total push-off. <laughs> <laughs> they're, still, they're still hot about that. Yeah, yeah. About, that was a co- that was a COVID game with like fifty people in the stands, and yep. and then after the game, Mike Rondale Moore came on our Zoom, and and it was out of the blue where he started to apologize for not being there for his teammates. So he was a guy that was nursed on injury all year and went through the will he play, won't he play every week, and it was just another bizarre set of circumstances around a pretty Minnesota game. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy. Series filled with some some interesting subplots. Yeah, and then you think back um, the Drew Brees era. I remember this was before my time at Minnesota, um, and before you were regularly covering uh, Purdue yeah. on a weekly basis. But I, rem- you know, Gopher fans are still bitter about a couple of games. Drew Brees he had a hail mary, and then um, the home clock operator allowed oh, Drew yeah. Brees to uh, <laughs> spike a ball where he really shouldn't have been able to to have time, and they kicked a long field goal to win it. So th- you're right. This has been a crazy series yeah. for a number of years, and um, it, you know. There could be some wackiness coming up on Saturday, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that was 2001 in the Metrodome when, when the clock operator, your, your, your clock, clock operator <laughs> didn't do a good job, and they got Travis Dorsch on the field to kick a game-winning field goal. And going way back, Mike, in the 90s, I remember in the Metrodome, Purdue, Minnesota got beat by Purdue like 59-56. to 56. Just a nuts yeah. game. And, and then the Purdue defensive coordinator got fired on the plane coming home. <laughs> Oh, so, man. again, that, that, you, you jarred my memory. Uh, I was going way back in my recesses, and that one popped in my head, too, while we were talking. Yeah, and then there was some t- – I forget now, there was some touchdown scored at the Metrodome. I believe it was a Minnesota-Purdue game. And because the way the end zone was, because they had to they take out the carpet for the Vikings the next day, the white line where it was confused the ref, and he called it inbounds when it was really out of bounds or vice versa. <laughs> I forget. And um, and Gopher fans aren't, aren't thrilled with that one from years ago either. So, yeah, there's been some – there's been some fun. Well, Tom, uh, it's been fun. Thank you for the scouting report. Um, it, it's it's kind of a crossroads game here, I think, for the Boilermakers. The Gophers, too. Uh, if the Gophers can get this and get out to 2-0, and then um, obviously they got to step ahead, really, on everybody else in the division. But if Purdue comes in and wins, then, hey, it's anyone's league right now, right? Exactly right. Again, a lot of football left, and you sure would like to start October with a W for Purdue. Just getting some momentum back and for the Gophers. Obviously, keep that mojo going. It's one of the hottest teams, not just – I guess in the Big Ten, Mike, but in the nation, really. Yeah, they've been playing well, and we'll see if it can continue. Goldenblack.com. You can find out all about the Purdue Boilermakers with Tom Deanhart going to that webpage. Tom, are you going to be able to make it to Minneapolis? I will be there, but I leave at 1, uh, 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. I'll be up there. I'm looking forward to it, staying out by the airport and 
I love the fact that it's an early game too. Yeah. I love getting there early and playing under the sunshine. I love that venue. I love that campus, and I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. Stop down in the booth and say hello. Will do, buddy. All right, sounds good. Tom Deanhart with us. It's episode 38, the Go Gopher podcast. My thanks to Tom Deanhart for providing a thorough scouting report on the visiting Purdue Boilermakers. Also, a big thanks to Gopher punter Mark Crawford talking Gopher football here on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 38. The podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We once again want to thank our partner, Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's free to listen at any time. And also, please share the link on your social media channels so others can listen as well. We'll talk again next week.